You have nothing to do with your skill, Bayless. As I was saying, Joy Taylor, every dog has his day. And since I'm a big dog, I've got two days. So now, you just call yourself a Yeah, I'm a dog. Yeah, I'm a big dog. Welcome back, everyone, to a brand new episode of Betting the Grid. It's your host, Jack. I'm Pat. And this is episode five. We're going to do a bit of a Japan recap and then one of my favorite tracks, COTA, Circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas. Uh, going to do a little preview for that, get everyone excited uh, for, I guess, what, one of two races in our time zone? Uh, just about, yeah. Yeah, we get Mexico and Mexico Austin. And US, that's about it, yeah. Yeah, because Miami and Canada, I believe, are Eastern time. Yeah. Okay. Nice. All right. Well, as always, uh, I'm just going to quickly read our disclaimer here. Um, we are not in any way, shape, or form offering financial advice. Everything we share is speculation and opinion. Check your individual state laws to see if sports betting is legal or what options there are for your specific state. If you or anyone you know is addicted to gambling, please call the National Council on Problem Gambling at 1-800-522-4700. Their info will also be in the show notes. And as always, lines are taken from BetMGM as per date, October 20th, 2022. Pat, you want to start us off? Japan. Japan, another rainy race, set up a lot of havoc, especially on the first lap. And then ultimately it was cut short, but we, we can get into it. Yeah, I think uh, J- Japan certainly showed uh, that the FIA has no bounds in what they will do to give Red Bull a win, um, which I-, I know you and I aren't huge Red Bull fans. That's kind of, uh, you know, since we came in F1, a bit of a bandwagon, I would say. I would agree. Little Golden State Warriors after their second championship. It's like, Pretty much. you're really going to start root for them now? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was just kind of all over the place and so I, I think I want let, let's just start with the biggest winners and losers of the race because I think we're going to hit on a lot of the points of the race uh, just in making these points and then we'll have some honorable mentions uh, as well so Pat uh, lead us off uh, first winner Sebastian Vettel putting the Aston Martin in P6 so like we were saying really rainy conditions everybody came out after the red flag on their wet tires but fortune favors the bold and Vettel came out on the intermediates, was able to just sit there when everyone else came into the pits and just camp out in P6. Was he the first one in the pits or the second? Was Latifi technically in before? I know they had that issue in the pit. Mm-hmm. And you were telling me something interesting about the pit lane uh, at Suzuki. What was the – Suzuka? Suzuka. Suzuka. What was the uh, – what, what's the deal there? Yeah, I think Latifi might have gotten into the pits just before Vettel or Vettel was a little slower in a stop, but – Suzuka was interesting because in the pit lane, you actually have two lanes as opposed to one. So they're kind of jockeying for position. You can't exceed the speed limit in the pit lane, though. So once they got out of the pit lane, they're side-by-side back on the racetrack. Vettel put the pedal to the metal and took the position from Latifi. But, hey, Latifi, first points of the season. So every driver on the grid now got a little little point action. I like it. I like it. Yeah, when uh, Vettel pulled out, I literally winced. I was like, we're about to see a wreck in the pit, which – I've never witnessed, and I can't imagine it uh, goes well for anyone, uh, any of the drivers, especially because right after that, all the cars were diving in. 
Um, and then also, yeah, just seeing Vettel explode off the line there and really get beat Latifi out. That was great. I don't know if you've seen this uh, around Instagram or anything, but there was a guy who got who tweeted out that if Latifi got in the points this season, if he scored any points, he would get a Williams Nicholas Latifi oh tattoo. <laughs> and so he got it on the back right of his or the the, the right side, the back of his right arm mm-hmm. is where he got it. <laughs> and so I was, you know, doing some research today. The guy went to the Williams pop up met Nicholas Latifi and got his autograph right above the, uh, <laughs> the, the tattoo. And so it just makes me wonder, you know, is he going to get that tattooed? I, I would bet he would. I would. Um, I would absolutely get that tattooed. I know there was a kid who had got a Leona Messi tattoo. Uh, mm. he, he signed his forearm and he got that tattooed. So I, I would say, you know, two goats, you know, you may have to get that uh, tattoo done as well. Uh, okay. So, so for my biggest race winner, uh, I did just get back from Paris. I went to the Alpine store. I'll get into that uh, when I finish my take here. Uh, I'm going to give it to Ocon, Esteban Ocon, uh, for this one, for my biggest winner. End of the race in P4. Very impressive from the Alpine. I mean, obviously a lot of circumstances going on with the weather, um, so not a lot of overtaking. I mean, Verstappen winning by 28 seconds. Clearly there wasn't much of a race at the front of the pack. And so – I have to give it to uh, Ocon there. And so just to kind of talk about the Alpine experience I did have. uh, So I was in Paris and I went to the Arc de Triomphe and actually right by there is a Alpine store, uh, Alpine Renault store. Uh, And so I was all excited. You know, you're on kind of this almost, you know, high class, high stores uh, in Paris. You know, you got the Louis Vuitton, you got the Chanel, you know, you got all these nice stores. And so I'm like, okay, perfect. They're going to have an F1 car in there. There's going to be some sweet Alpine gear, you know. I mean, it is the French racing team. Uh, I got all excited. Uh, I went in there and it was horrible. The store was absolute crap. Uh, There was barely a mention that Alpine was even a F1 team. Uh, Actually, I showed Pat before the podcast. uh, The only mention of F1 they had in the entire store was a tiny little model F1 car uh, behind a glass pane. It was was so disappointing. And I know I maybe had a little clickbait on my Instagram (laughs) saying the insider information. Uh, The insider information is uh, Alpine sucks. uh, (laughs) And we ride with McLaren in this household. Um, But I think that uh, appropriately leads me into my – uh, my biggest loser um, of the race is the, uh, the the boys at McLaren. Yes, tough tough outing for the boys. It was it it, it was quite embarrassing, um, you know. And P eleven and P ten. I mean, the car has more pace than that, especially in these tricky conditions. Yeah. I really think that that's the time for one Danny Rick to show his you know kind of prowess. But I don't think it was Danny Rick's fault. They kept him for what it was a, an additional yeah, an lap, on the, lap wets. on the wets. Yeah. Yeah, which was just the stupidest move. I don't know if there was an issue with they wanted to pit Norris first, which I, I very clearly I think they did. Probably. Um, and didn't want to deal with the double stack. But I just think it was disingenuous to uh, to Danny Rick there. So you, you, you're getting the L there, McLaren. Uh, biggest loser in my eyes. Uh, Pat, over to you, man. What do you, what do you, th- what do you think? I think the biggest loser is Ferrari. For starters, they've, or Charles Leclerc has finally been put out of his misery and Max Verstappen locked up the title. So... Driver's title fight is over, but Ferrari just had an all-around bad race outside of that. On lap one, in the really tricky conditions, Carlos Sainz 
spins out, wrecks, his race is done. Then Charles Leclerc, Max Verstappen's ahead by miles and miles, and Leclerc's doing his best to keep up the pace and is fighting off Perez, but into the last turn before the end, he locks up, goes off track, finishes the race in P2 on the grid, but Stewart's assess him a five-second penalty, he goes into third, and that scenario is what clinched Max the title. You know, I also want to add to the biggest losers, uh, the FIA, but I mean this mm. in a very mean way. They're just losers. Um, I think that it was just the fact that literally the race, yeah, the race before Singapore, they took an incredible amount of time to make a decision regarding Sergio Perez. Yep. They they actually heard Sergio Perez's case on the matter, and also Christian Horner, and then this time they don't even let. Uh, Leclerc coming to the pits before they're already declaring him a five-second penalty. And then, even after that, there should have been another lap in the race. Yeah, Max crossed before zero seconds on the clock, so we should have had one more. But the FIA, I, I, I don't know what these guys are doing. Yeah, like, I don't know if they were, you know, oh, we're watching out for driver safety, which we all know is a uh, a load of crap given yeah. also uh, Singapore. Or no, was it? Was it Japan? What was the Gasly incident? That, oh, that, was, that Japan. was Japan. Yeah. Oh my God! So much happened in this race that the FIA just looks horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, freaking. Uh, yeah, the Gasly incident where they essentially brought on the forklift or the the tractor onto the track to get uh, Signs' car. Yeah. Uh, they didn't properly uh, give the red flag signal. In their head, in their heads, they did. Yeah. Uh, I think that was very wrong. Um, clearly, from watching it live. Uh, everyone was just as freaked out as Gasly was. I mean, the guy could have died. No, oh, scary. I mean, it's pouring down rain. Gasly's still on his racing pace and just out of the corner's eye at the last second. Thankfully, he didn't stay on the racing line and collide into that tractor. But yeah, the FIA just, they can't do anything right. No, and uh, j- just because we are talking about Gasly, I think I want to kind of, also, are you done with the biggest winners and losers? You got any uh, honorable mentions or anything? No, I think I'm done. Keep her rolling. All right. Uh, actually, a little honorable mention. Congratulations for Stappen. Yeah, uh, you did yeah. win your second world championship. Uh, it does look like Red Bull is now going to get their uh, their first constructors in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it was a bit shady, but you know, can't knock the driver. He's not the one doing the FIA decisions. He's just driving a hell of a race, and uh, luckily, he has a great car as well. Uh, actually, quick question for you, Pat. Verstappen in another car, what cars are he, is he winning a world championship in right this season? I think he could do the Ferrari. Ferrari's been somewhere on pace for a lot of the season. Red Bull's pulled away. But in the Ferrari, I think he would have built up a nice lead and wouldn't have tolerated all those strategy fumbles by the team. The Mercedes, I think he'd probably get a win or two. And I don't know if he'd win, uh, get the title, though, just because Mercedes is driving an actual tractor out there most weeks. But I think in the Ferrari, he could do it. Outside of that, he could probably get a win here and there because he, he really is an elite driver with an elite car. So, I mean, the combination's been unstoppable, as we've seen. Yeah. Do you think we're entering a almost Lewis Hamilton Mercedes era for Max Verstappen at Red Bull? I'm going to say no because Lewis Hamilton, the Mercedes machine, still exists. The first year of the regulations, there's a lot of parity because some teams figure it out, some don't. But Mercedes has always been big spenders, and I think they'll be right back up there. What are, your, what are your thoughts then on, I don't know if you saw the uh, the interview, but Toto Wolff, uh, the principal for Mercedes, coming out and saying, 
if Red Bull is only hit with a fine for their overspending, Mercedes is going to overspend as much as they need to have a championship winning car. Lewis will be out there driving a fighter jet if Mercedes just goes over the cost cap with no repercussions. <laughs> now, are you saying the fighter jet because he actually raced a fighter jet today? Or is that you just happened to... I think that's just what happened today. Was Lewis on a fighter jet? No. So the uh, the W14 raced an actual fighter jet. Huh. Yeah, and they, they started at zero, and then they you know both went. And the F1 car was clearly winning for a bit before you know the plane literally took off. Um, That's crazy. So yeah, that was pretty nuts. I'll I'll show you the video. Maybe we uh, we throw it on the uh, the Twitter uh, account as well. I like it. Uh, so some quick news updates. Uh, just because it has been about two weeks uh, since the last podcast. Um, so I'll I'll go first just because I was mentioning Gasly uh, with that incident. Pierre Gasly officially to Alpine, uh, going to be sitting beside Esteban Ocon which is laughable. Um, basically, uh, you know, Alpine saw, you know, their, their principal, they saw, they were like, okay, we need a new driver. Alonzo screwed us. What are we going to do? And they were like, we got to go French. And they were like, well, we have to go Pierre Gasly because I don't know if you know this, Ocon and Gasly's family, like, hate each other. It's going to be fun next year with them. Yeah. So, so basically how it started when both, you know, drivers were growing up karting and everything, they were competing for French sponsorships. Mm. And so apparently Ocon's family, like they stole one of the sponsorships from Gasly's family. And so it's been, it's been an ongoing feud so much so that Alpine sat both drivers down and their families are only allowed at two races each this year. <laughs> and they have to agree beforehand which ones they go to to not coincide with the other. Oh, that's going to be fun. Isn't that year. nuts? It's going to be fun. They're going to be fighting each other, which does not pose well for the midfield battle unless they can learn to get along. But some fireworks will be going off in that garage before we know it. Oh, yeah. Well, I know Ocon's already had his... Uh, his fights with certain F1 drivers. I know what was it for Stappen that went to his pit after they both crashed and he like yeah, wanted to I was in Brazil him. a few years ago. Max was leading the race and Ocon was trying to unlap himself and then crashed Max from the lead and he didn't get the win. So yeah, Max went in there a swinging, which yeah. I would as well. But Ocon, he's aggressive out there. I'll give him that. I mean, defends like hell. But um, yeah, all right. On to the other news. Um, in AlphaTauri, Nick DeVries officially signing there, pairing up with Yuki Sonoda, and they've already set a record, Jack. The shortest teammates in F1 history. That is fantastic. I mean, honestly, it's great. You spend less money on aero because your drivers are so light and small. I mean, the AlphaTauri, that could be a rocket ship next year. Wow. So I'm looking at – so I saw a tweet, and it was, you know, they're, they're the shortest duo. And so I'm looking, like, how much – so th- their average height, obviously, this is very Euro. So they said 163 centimeters was, was how tall. So just doing the quick math uh, on my laptop here, that's around five foot three, five foot four is what is what we're looking at for this driving duo. So AlphaTauri is going, uh, you know, where other um, you know cars are having to, you know, use the lightest paint possible. You know, go really light on certain components. They just chose the smallest drivers, which, you know, props to them. Smart. They're not the biggest budget in the world, you know. Might as well just lighten up the drivers. Exactly. Honestly, yeah. But will they be able to see over the wheel? 
That is the real question. Uh, it, it still it still blows my mind. You know, I don't know how many of our listeners actually play the uh, the F one uh, twenty twenty two video game, but Yuki Sonoda uh, has one of the most impressive AI racing I think I've ever seen. He's like consistently in the top ten, and it makes no absolutely no sense. He is busted in that game. I don't know what the developers did. They got to be Yuki fans, but he's a force to be reckoned with out there. Which I'm I'm not necessarily opposed to, but uh, you know I do like Yuki, so uh, we're we're all for it. But all right, so now on to uh, our COTA overview, Circuit of the Americas. Uh, so just some quick stats here, here, Pat. You want to read those? Yep, can do. So your race winner last year was Max Verstappen. Started to really tilt the title scales towards him last year, but then Hamilton made a run later in the season. But Max got the win there last year, and. Max with some additional incentive this year, so he needs one win to tie Michael Schumacher for the most wins by a driver in a season with 13. And lastly, Red Bull also, even though they got the titles pretty much locked up already, they still have some business left to take care of. So they're currently on a seven-race win streak, and the record for most in a row is by McLaren with 11, with the great Alan Prost and Ayrton Senna. So... If, they, if Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez can get into that company, that'd be very elite and a great stat for Red Bull. So some interesting storylines leading up to the American Grand Prix. I love Number it. Uh, honestly, when I saw that stat, I was I was going to cut recording and say, Pat, you know, they, they don't have it. Verstappen came in eighth in Singapore. They lost the streak. And then I was like, ah, it's Red Bull. It's the team. team. Yes, it's, it's the team, team aspect. It's I love team it. team game, Jack. I love it. I love it. All right, so... Because we are recording this a bit late, we're not going to throw out any uh, free practice bets. We're just going to... Just a quick breaking news update here. After Pat and I finished recording the podcast, word came out that Charles Leclerc will be taking a five-place grid penalty for the Austin Grand Prix due to the Ferrari team switching to a new power unit. Um, now, this is due to the fact that they are trying some technology for their 2023 season. Uh, it also came out that Carlos Sainz will not be receiving any additional upgrades for the remainder of the season. So, just wanted to preface that uh, before Pat and I get into our qualifying and race winner picks. Now, back to the podcast. Sunday. Uh, Pat, who are you feeling for qualifying? Give me, give me some insight into why. Qualifying, the Ferrari has been showing pace there. I know we always harp on Leclerc, and he's continued to just get bested by Max Verstappen. But the Ferrari does shine in qualifying, so I think you do have some value there with Charles Leclerc at plus 160 for your quality winner. I like it. Uh, so I am going to go with the other Red Bull, Sergio Perez, uh, as my pick. Uh, the Red Bull clearly showing pace. Perez is clearly challenging the Ferraris, as we saw last week. So we know he has that pace. Is Verstappen going to be as aggressive in this race now that he's already claimed the championship? Probably. He's an F1 driver. These guys do not let up. Uh, But at plus 1,000, I think that's a pretty good on. And just because uh, it is Max, Max is at plus 100. So even money uh, for this race for qualifying. So if I had to bet, I'm either going to go a Red Bull or a Ferrari, yep. and I'd put some decent money on Max Verstappen as well at plus 100. 
You have money on Verstappen. You can't complain about that, I will say. Exactly. I mean, it's just so tough. You know, I mean, he's just been... It, it, it seems like no matter what the Ferraris do, it's like, oh, we, we messed up there. Or, yeah. you know, so, there's always an excuse, it feels like, uh, from the Ferrari team. Um, and, you know, I still think back uh, to that facial race when uh, I, I believe it was Leclerc when he spun out. Uh, and you heard that, no, like mm, his yeah. scream on the... Uh, on the radio because that was one of the first uh, Leclerc mess ups. Yeah. It wasn't a Red Bull's fault uh, because he actually told them, no, no, the tires are still good. I'm not going to come into the pit. Yep. Um, and so I, it just, the whole season is just bad. I think we need to wipe the slate uh, and really just start fresh next year. Uh, but Pat, what are you feeling for the race odds? Um, you know, given everything. I think we've said it every episode. We're due for a non Red Bull or Ferrari winner. They, those teams have won every single race this season. Let's have Hamilton take the top step of the podium this week in Austin because we need something different up there. And, you know, Hamilton finished second last year. He's had success with the track in the past. So let's see Lewis Hamilton redeem the rest of the field. I love it. And you know what? Honestly, that chicane that all the drivers have to go through, what, after turn two? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's after the second turn of the race is dastardly as all hell trying to get through there. And I just think that it may almost be a benefit if the Mercedes just isn't as quick, Mm -hmm. a little more chance to just really refine those turns, hit it as perfectly as possible, have a clean exit. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that can certainly uh, do well. And let's just hope Lewis is – I would love to see him on maybe grid position three. I think that would be a a great start because I believe it goes – one on the left, then two on the yeah. uh, the outside. And that first left turn you go into, you kind of want that first position if you have a good start. But assuming that Mercedes isn't going to get that uh, pole position, uh, I think three would be good and let the first two maybe dog it out a little bit. Definitely avoid some of the carnage at that hairpin for turn one. Exactly. Uh, so, so mine, uh, I'm actually going to go with Charles Leclerc. I think that he is due a good pick-me-up. Uh, the guy just has had bad luck after bad luck and just can't seem to, uh, you know, get a race win. I mean, this guy is supposed to be, you know, was supposed to be neck and neck with Verstappen all season. And, what, Pat, when was his uh, last race win? Last race win for Charles, I believe, was in Austria on the Red Bull ring. Yikes. That was a decent time ago. I believe that was our second podcast. That was last time that a non-Red Bull won. So, yeah, like seven races ago. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh, that's uh, that's insane. Um, but, yeah, so so for my pick uh, for race winner, um, yeah, it's, it's Charles Leclerc. I mean, I think that's uh, just a lock, or not even a lock. It's Who, who knows at this point? We just never pick for Stappen, and just, except for Pat last episode. Uh, he is at plus 1,000 to win. So just to give you all an idea of what Vegas is saying and how sure they are of Max Verstappen, Verstappen is minus 225 to win the race. The next best is Sergio Perez and Lewis Hamilton at plus 700, then plus 1,000 for the two Ferraris, and then we get to plus 1,200 with Russell, and then it just huge drop-off from there with the Alpine and McLaren. Um, so if you, if you want to just have a little money on maybe Alonzo Norris and Ocon, you can get some great odds there plus 15,000 and more. Uh, but you know, there, there's just, it almost feels like no shot unless we see one of the biggest accidents uh, in history. I will say Alpine betters beware. 
USGP last year, both Alpines DNF'd. And I think that leads us nicely into our next fun segment of how many DNFs this race, Jack? Oh, fantastic. Uh, my, my favorite uh, category. One, I want to give a shout out to our guest of last week, Truitt. He correctly guessed uh, the amount of finishing cars. Uh, he said 18 exactly. Uh, so actually, that would that was a plus 350 bet. Uh, so that would have netted uh, some great cash. Uh, I don't know if he actually took it or not. I know that was a bit just on his uh, on his radar. So, Pat, you you, you have pulled up the last year's uh, Grand Prix. What are we looking at for uh, for DNFs? Honestly, everyone that is now Alpine affiliated. So last year we had three DNFs with Alonzo, Ocon, and future Alpine driver Pierre Gasly. So we had seventeen classified, and that even includes Mazepin, which is just shocking. <laughs> Um, so this race, you know, will history repeat itself at 17? Honestly, I like a little bit less. Let's say like 16, I think. Well, have 16 wow. cars classified. Wow. Okay. Very interesting. I think that is being a bit disingenuous to the drivers, you know, mm. um, just looking at the, uh, the weather forecast and stuff for the weekend, I believe it's supposed to be, uh, pretty nice. Uh, for the race, uh, yeah, it's literally supposed to be sunny with a high of 89 degrees. Um, it's supposed to be absolutely lovely for the race. I think that just provides great racing conditions. They've had to be so cautious in these last two races, which maybe could work in your favor because we do get aggressive driving. Yeah. But I am going to ride with the Truett, the 18 exact. Ooh. So if you're looking at those odds for 18 exact, you're looking at around plus 200. Uh, for that, so they definitely also agree that it's going to be maybe a uh, around a seventeen car finish, much like last year. Uh, and then Pat, what was your for sixteen? What what was the uh, the odds for sixteen? If you want to go on the under sixteen, you're looking at about minus one ten. And if you want to go less than that, your odds obviously increase dramatically on the under. But minus one ten is about the uh, the safest under you'll get. Nice. Well, I I like it, and then. I think the last thing I want to touch on uh, that I know was a fun one for us, they finally added it to BetMGM, uh, is the fastest pit stop. Uh, so just to give y'all an idea, we did this in Singapore. Uh, we bet uh, just on through another site um, on the fastest pit stop. We took the Mercedes team. And so, Pat, do you want, do you want to tell them about the, the heartbreaking loss of uh, the Singapore fastest lap or fastest pit? I that is one of the saddest times I've been in my life when that one. Unfortunately, as you can tell, it's not going to be a happy story. But yes, that bet did miss. So basically, we saw George Russell pit kind of early. They had a nice quick stop, so we're like, oh my gosh, like Mercedes the fast stop, like this is in the bag right now. And then George came in one other time and stop was even faster so we're thinking like oh my gosh this thing cashed that's incredible well turns out they didn't show the time of the red bull stops and we lost it by two hundredths of a second to the red bull now the red bull team is elite in their pit stops they have like they keep track of all the pit stops and they have like a team like pit stop you know championship so dhl sponsors it and what really yeah so red bull uh, currently leading it by a lot so we can get into who we think will have the fastest pit stop, but Red Bull is your favorite as they are currently win- leading the standings right now. So Red Bull at minus 135. Oof. That, that's a lot to bet on a, a simple pit stop. Single pit stop, too. Single not, pit not stop. Not the fastest yeah. average. You got one. 
Yeah, you know, um, I think my personal preference is I, I, I want to try to ride Mercedes again. Okay. I think we were that close. I, like you said, I think Lewis is going to be having a great race. He's very familiar with the track, very good on this track. Uh, so I just think that they're going to have extra pressure in the pit to get him in and out as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. They were able to do the Russell so quick because there was no pressure, and they were like, let's just see what we can do. Yep. You know, obviously he pitted in the, what, third to last lap, or uh, with five laps to go, yep. just to steal fastest lap uh, from Red Bull, mm-hmm. uh, which was absolutely laughable in Singapore. Uh, but got to respect the hustle. Yeah. Let's see. Now for mine, as you can tell, I'm kind of tuned into the fastest pit stop award. So there's one team outside of Red Bull. I mean, they're a distant second place in the standings. But second team in the standings, McLaren. And you know what McLaren's at for fastest pit stop in this race, Jack? A whopping plus 3,300. Second in the... I don't want to say constructors, but basically constructors for fastest pit stop at plus 3,300 just seems absolutely absurd. And I don't know what the bookies know that we don't, but that is just absolutely ridiculous. So I'll be putting some change on that one, I believe. Yeah. So just to put that in perspective, that for every dollar you bet, you could win 33 uh, back on it. So uh, I changed my pick. Uh, we're <laughs> going, uh, the, the, the podcast is writing McLaren fastest lap or I got I'm, I'm too used to that. That, by the way, McLaren will never have the fastest lap of the season. Yeah, not this year. I don't think it's happening, <laughs> boys. But yeah, McLaren fastest pit uh, at plus thirty three hundred. We're going to be locking that in. Um, and yeah, Pat, uh, anything else you want to discuss? You know, hope we have some good pit stops out there. Great race. Excited to have a dry race after the last two wet ones on the Asian leg of the uh, F one season. So looking forward to a good Circuit of the Americas Grand Prix. Yeah, and I think I'm just excited to uh, not have to wake up at the crack of dawn or stay up uh, ungodly late uh, to watch these races. That's uh, so I think that's uh, that's my takeaway. Uh, but Pat, as again, uh, always appreciate uh, you coming on with me and doing this. And uh, we will catch everyone next time.